on each and every one of us. Thank you for the strength that we get from being in your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace towards us. We worship you tonight, Lord. Thank you for a time of refreshing from being in your presence. We ascribe all glory, all praise, all honor to you, Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for encouraging us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for helping us. We worship you, Father. To you alone be all the glory, all the honor, and all the adoration as we worship in Jesus' name. As we worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Minister Deola. God bless you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Welcome. It's so good to see everyone that's able to come out tonight. Thank you all so very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule for our midweek life group. Um, this evening, I just wanted us to just reflect on a message uh, that pastor has been taking us on. Um, and it's been on a journey of the gospel of grace. Understanding that this gospel of grace is a system, a system for living that we live by, be it at home, in school, at work, in church, in the marketplace, wherever you are, it is a system for living. Amen? For those of you that were here during that week-long teaching that we had with Pastor um, last month, you remember that one of the things that Pastor talked about is that the degree to which we imbibe the system, the degree to which we imbibe the system, is the degree to which we can experience the benefits of God's grace. See, God's grace is already made available for us. It is there. He has already made it available for us. There is nothing. You and I don't have to work to earn God's grace. We don't have to do any of all these extraneous things to earn God's grace. Freely, he has given us his grace. But he did tell us that we have two key attributes. Two key things that we need in order to be able to live and fully experience this grace. Can anybody remember or remind me those two things? Two things. Humility. Or something else. Yes. But yeah, that also goes along with humility. There was another aspect of it. Humility. Just two things. Humility and faith. Humility and faith. Humility and faith. Amen? Now, one of the things that I wanted to take out of that, I think it was the first day or maybe it was, a, no, it was the second day. 
that he took us through the life of someone that really had a confidence in grace, in God's grace, God's love for him. He took us through the life of Joseph. Anybody remember that? He took us through the life of Joseph. And that Joseph experienced what we call adversity. Now, adversity. Adversity is a general term that covers, you know, be it trouble, pressure, persecution, um, tribulation, name it. Adversity is whatever that situation is that does not um, kind of, for us as believers, sometimes we see adversity in different ways. You know, I, I remember pa uh, Pastor shared with us, he said, adversity can actually be a catalyst, and I'm using my own words, in the spiritual growth of a believer. Or if it's not handled the proper way, it could actually be uh, a limiting factor. It just really depends on how we respond when adversity comes. You see, for in the life of a believer, adversity is something that will come. It will come. You know, it's either that you may be experiencing it right now, or you may have just come out of it, or if you haven't experienced it, prepare, because it surely will come. Amen? See, Jesus Christ, in sharing with his disciples in John 16, John 16 in verse 33, John 16, 33, Jesus shared with his disciples, he says, he, he says to them, these things I have spoken to you, so that in me, in Jesus Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. He says, but take courage, for I, Jesus, I have overcome the world. Amen? So really what Jesus is talking about here is that we need to keep our hearts filled. We need to keep our hearts filled with the good news. And that good news is the good news of God's grace. Amen? So that even in the midst of tribulation or adversity, even in the midst of it, God's peace, the kind of peace that comes with knowing and experiencing that you carry Jesus with you at all times. So no matter what comes against you, no matter what may come against you, you carry him with you. There is a peace about you. That yes, it may not look like what I like right now. It may not look like the things that I would want to experience. But because of my total reliance on God's sufficiency in this situation, I am at peace. So things that may ordinarily affect other people, 
things that may ordinarily limit other people, that may get them to the point where they withdraw completely and, you know, in some cases, some people even turn away from other people, just break relationships or what have you. There is a peace about you because of your total reliance on God's sufficiency, his grace that is already made available for you. And so you have that peace. Amen? You see, peace. Peace is not the absence of adversity or trouble. It is having the presence of Jesus in the midst of that adversity or that storm. You see, that peace is not the absence of adversity or trouble. So even when you are experiencing that adversity or that trouble, whatever it is that you may be going through, it is having the presence of Jesus Christ, the personality, the person of grace in the midst of that adversity and that storm. See, Scripture, the Bible is full of various examples of um, tribulations and persecutions that, that's experienced by believers as well as non-believers. See, it's not really the experiences not really the experiences that we want to talk about. It is the responses that some of these people had in those times of adversity. They became examples of God's generosity and hope. Really, they became examples of God's grace. Amen? So the key here is as believers, we need to have that faith. Have the faith that God has a purpose for everything that touches our lives. Whatever happens does not catch God by, by, by accident. It, it, you know, God, he has a purpose for everything that touches our lives. Amen? So whatever situation we may find ourselves in, whatever we may be facing, our first priority is to bring Jesus into the picture. Amen? Think about in the book of Exodus when the Israelites were making their way to the promised land. In Exodus chapter, in chapter 15, they came to a place called Marah, M-A-R-A-H. Exodus chapter 15, let me just go there. Reading from verse 23 to 25. Exodus 15, 23 to 25. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for the water was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. Verse 24. So the people grumbled. They grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then Moses he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw the tree into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he, God, tested them. So you see, the bitter waters became sweet when Moses threw the tree, the tree in this instance, as a type of the cross. 
when you bring in Jesus into any bitter situation, guess what happens? It becomes sweet. Now, you may not experience that sweetness. You may not experience that sweetness. The manifestation may not be there. But see, his grace, God's grace, is what makes that situation sweet. In the sense that you actually experience his peace in the midst of that situation. Amen? So the moment you involve Jesus, your situation can no longer remain the same. It will not remain the same. Wherever there is lack, there will be abundance. Amen? Wherever there is pain or brokenness, there will be wholeness and joy in Jesus' name. Amen? In 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 to 7. See, the apostle here is trying to encourage us as believers of the security that we have, even in the midst of adversity. Amen? He says, from verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time Verse 6, it says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you may, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What the apostle is talking about here is that our faith, even though our faith will be tested. You see, for people that know how the process of refining gold or any precious metal, the process involves a refining through fire. Fire is not something that is pleasurable most of the time. It's not. But ordinary gold, uh, a lot of my brothers from Ghana will tell you from the Gold Coast, when, they, when the gold is actually found, it is actually found in the dirt like clay, way really dirty. How they recognize that it is gold, you know, that's their own specialty, it's science. But now, in order to separate that gold from all of the impurities that it has, it is taken through a refiner's fire. 
now the refiner's fire is like a, a furnace that's heated to several thousand degrees. And so when the gold comes out, after going through that fire, that's what gets to the point where we can now use it or we can, women can have their, uh, their earrings and all types of jewelry and things of that nature. What the apostle is telling us here, that even though for a little while we may be distressed by various trials, the proof, the testing of our faith is more precious in the eyes of God than the refining of gold. Our faith is what will stand. Through our faith in Jesus Christ and in his finished work, that's when we see the manifestation of his grace, of his finished work. Amen? So we saw in the life of Joseph that he went through various trials. We saw the things that the enemy tried to do, um, as Pastor shared with us, you know, how um, he went through the emotions. First thing was the enemy tries to take off his robe of righteousness. You know, in Joseph's case, his brothers took the coat of um, the coat of many colors that his father had made for him. They took that off of him. You know, in the same way, the enemy tries to take off our robe of righteousness. But in taking off our robe of righteousness, we know that Christ, for us, is our robe of righteousness. Joseph in the natural had a coat of many colors, but we put on Christ. He is our robe of righteousness. So, it is impossible for the enemy. He will try, but because of our faith in him, in the finished work of God, the finished work of Jesus Christ, he is not able to take off our robe of righteousness. Amen? But that does not mean that we will not experience the pain. Pastor told us back then, if you remember, first thing that we ex experience is the pain or the regret. Joseph became sad. I mean, his brothers took off his, co his clothes or his robe and they sold him off into, sa into slavery. He became sad. But guess what? He did not stay there. He did not stay in that place of being sad. Romans chapter 8, you know, was the next part that we talked about. You know, how what we go through is that is but a momentary affliction. I'm saying that because several of us may be going through one thing or the other. And we wonder sometimes, you know, I want to live this life, this abundant life of grace that the word of God promises me. But what I'm seeing right now is a little bit different from what the word of God promises me. I've come here tonight just to let you know that whatever it is that you may be experiencing is but a momentary affliction. And it cannot be compared to the exceeding glory that will be revealed in you through by Christ Jesus. Amen? So whenever we come through these things, I just want to encourage us, whenever we're faced with these challenges, 
the tendency for most people is to turn inward and kind of close in on themselves. You know, like, let me deal with this problem. Uh, this is just my problem or what have you. You know, the tendency is to turn inward. But, see, doing that does not help us to grow or to learn from the experiences. What I want to encourage us to do is to turn to God. In other words, to humble yourself. Humble yourself. Remember the two things that we talked about earlier. Humility and faith. When you humble yourself, humility is coming to a place of total dependence. Just like Moses said, Lord, if you do not go with us from this place, we are perished. We will not move from this place. So you come to a place of humility and let allow God to open your eyes to see the way forward. Because he has already gone before you. He has already prepared the way out of the situation for you. But when you come to a place of that humility, where you totally humble yourself, he will help you to open your eyes to that which he has already prepared for you. Amen? So just turn to God, humble yourself. Amen? Second thing is, adversity is a chance. It's an opportunity to set an example of the love and the grace of God. When people around you, when people around you, those in your workplace, your neighbors, or whoever it is that you're interacting with, they see that you're going through this, and yet, in the midst of what you're going through, you are able to handle those hardships with an unwavering love and patience. They actually are able to see a true example of what I call a grace-certified believer in Jesus Christ. Many of us confess grace. We confess Jesus Christ. But it takes a grace-certified person, a grace-certified believer, that in the midst of adversity, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of persecution, that they have an unwavering Unwavering love and a patience to see God actually show forth in that situation. Amen? Thirdly, the challenges that we face. The challenges that we face, be it persecution, be it troubles, pressures, pressures, cares of life. They help to provide clarity to the believer, believe it or not. I know most people do not pray for adversity. No one will wake up in the morning and say, Lord, today as I go out, <laughs> I don't know anybody that prays in prayer. But they help to provide clarity to the believer. The world that we live in provides all types of what I call stimulation overload. Stimulation overload. And the world will try to tell you 
what you should think about and what you should prioritize. In fact, you know, the internet, Google, is replete with solutions. Whatever you may be going through, it's like, okay, take step A, B, C, take this and that. That's what the world does. But when you come into a place where you stand still, you stay still, God is able to speak to your heart, to open your eyes. The Holy Spirit is able to direct you. Adversity strips all of the pretenses away, and it leaves us with clarity. Clarity of mind and simplicity of thought. Amen? And then lastly, we want to use those experiences, those challenges, use them as fuel. Use them as, as fuel and as a guiding force to lead us to where we need to be. We take each challenge as a lesson and it makes us a better person rather than being a bitter person. Amen? So that's what I wanted to share with us this evening. I know several of us do not enjoy adversity, but I wanted us to think back to the teaching that we got during that week, talking about the gospel of grace, that no matter what we may go through, no matter what we may go through, humility and faith in Jesus Christ and by humility, I'm talking about a total dependence, complete dependence, a dependence that says, Lord, if you don't help me, I, I am totally done for. Not where we're saying it in one, in, one, in one way, we're saying it with our mouth, but in our hearts, we're trying to figure out, okay, let's see, if I move this funds from this, uh, this stock, and move it into this one. And we need to get to a place of total dependence. And that's what humility is talking about. I've heard people that say, oh, yes, I'm very humble. My humble self. <laughs> so you hear somebody say, my humble self. Oh, my goodness. Suspect. Yeah. Amen. Questions, comments, thoughts. We have a few minutes. Questions, com questions, comments. Uh, I, and my contribution is that there is an error, in my opinion, in the gospel that has been preached over you know the last couple of decades. Preachers got to that point where they have told believers and convinced them that because, you see, it is clear in Scripture that it comes with a package. They that would live godly in this world will go through persecution. New Testament believer, part of the package of our salvation Right is you want to call it adversity, you want to call it affliction, you want to call it persecution, it is there, but you find, you know, modern day preachers 
you know, I've made people believe that when you're going through that, it's because you don't have faith. It's because you have done something wrong. It's because you know you, you know what I mean? And a lot of people have, you know, moved in that direction. That is so very key. Thank you for sharing that. That that is so very key. Unfortunately, certain ministers, either for a need of being needed, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I said that right, but you know they peddle this form or they say this where it's like if you're going through something. It's because somebody in your family said something or somebody, you, you need deliverance. Or so, look, I mean, th there's a place for, for that. But really, you know, Jesus Christ said it so many times. Like even he went through it. You know, even he went through it. And he says, because... <laughs> But what he's saying, what Jesus Christ is assuring us that when we go through it, whatever it is that we go through, you see, grace is becoming very conscious of the presence of Jesus Christ with me at all times and in all places, in all situations. Whatever it is that I'm going through, he is right there with me. You see, for a child, when they go through a dark place, if they know that daddy is there, there's a difference in how they will walk through the place confidently versus if they're by themselves. So when Jesus Christ is with me in whatever it is that I'm going through, that darkness is just for a moment. I know I'm coming out of it. Daddy is right there. I am holding on to him. You know. So, um, you know, what, what you're saying is true. Um, you know, we... It sounded good. Maybe it was for the itchy ears that, ah, once you become saved, once you become born again, you're just, your life is just going to be you, you, a bed of roses. You're, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. Amen. Amen. Questions, comments? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, we give you glory and praise, Father Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. We thank you for the assurance that you have given us, that you will never leave nor forsake us. Thank you for the comforter that you've sent to us in the form of the Holy Spirit, that in whatever we may go through, Father Lord, we are assured that you are there with us. Father, we come this evening just to say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the constancy of your help for us at all times. Lord, we receive your grace tonight that we will always keep our eyes set upon you. Father, we recognize that you are the author. You are the finisher. 
of our faith. And we thank you that no matter what we go through, Father Lord, our eyes will be set upon you. You are the one who is able to deliver and to show us through whatever it is that we may be going through. We ascribe all glory to you. All praise and all honor be unto you. Father, as we go tonight, we go in your power. We go in your strength. We thank you for a safe ride home. We thank you for a sweet night's rest. And Lord, that as we wake up, Father Lord, we wake up to show forth your glory in each and every one of our lives. And whatever it is that we do, Father Lord, let the people around sense your fragrance upon us. Let them see your peace, your peace in all of us, that we may be able to point them to you, Father. We say to you be the glory and the praise, Father, as we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, hallelujah.